it's on. Wow. And we are back. Nostalgia it's, in itself. It's been a long time. Too long. But it's episode 25, and for those that are listening to this going, episode 25, we haven't heard anything out of you for months. Well, that's because you haven't. <laughs> we were talking about it. It's been over three months. At least I assume March to June is three months, but you know, we're, this isn't a podcast about math, so I give myself a pass. I'm JC. Joining me is Nick. Hey, He's also got a great College World Series podcast. Well, college baseball, I should say. Oh, that, yeah. We'll be talking about that. He's got a lot of opinions. If you're an Arkansas fan, well, you might you might well, want to plug your ears and not listen. Because I said go hogs and immediately got met with <laughs> resistance. <laughs> Because that's Don't the worry. type of party we're having here. Don't worry. Both my parents texted me after the game. My dad texted me pig suey. My mom's goes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say how about them pigs. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm the only Get one. Get got, my guy. I'm the only one. Well, but... you know, it's you won't hear much from me compared to Nebraska football season because that is oh, yeah. funny every time. Oh yeah, it's it's not funny, you know when it's when you're on the when you're on the losing end of it. I can take as much shit as anybody wants to give me, but when you're actually like sitting there experiencing just the death, pain, and sorrow <laughs> that is Nebraska football at times, yo, uh, oh, I want to cry. Well, so. you know, maybe one of these episodes you'll uh, let some tears fly come August, September, October, because yeah, it'll be when. I, all right, well, we've hit our first rabbit hole because I do want to yeah. talk about this. College football is a little ways off, but not as far as we ever think. Uh-uh. I've got to hear your opinion on this. I've seen a lot of things that are projecting Nebraska to be really good this year in the Big Ten. Oh, which, no. uh, Well, all right, there you go. But Which has not happened. I mean, you know, when they first got in, they made the run but then got absolutely mauled in a title game, which was hilarious, by the way. Yep. So you're, that was I, Wisconsin. I'm, based on your – and didn't they get whomped by Ohio State too? Uh, no. We So the only – So Wisconsin's so, that 70-20 to 20 game I'm thinking of. It wasn't I, It wasn't 70. It was 56 to – I think it was only 56 to 20. But that was the game where Kenny Bell laid out the best block I think anybody's ever seen in college football. And then – just two years before moving to the Big or the Big Ten, they were in the Big Twelve uh, conference championship game, uh, conference championship game against Texas, and that was the Colt McCoy throws it out of bounds, and there was one second on the clock. All right, well, I'm going to correct you there. The Big Twelve or Big Ten championship game, throwing it back, I might add, to 2012, 70 wow. to 30, Wisconsin. Okay, I thought it was 50. Beat Sorry. the brakes off Nebraska. 70 in a title game. Ouch. But anyway, um, so yeah. I can't – I don't remember where the article was I saw, but somebody was bragging up about how Nebraska is going to be this big powerhouse in the Big Ten. Also, on Father's Day, I may have saw the greatest meme, uh, Nebraska football tagging Iowa's uh, – I think they were the barstool accounts calling – uh, to call for Iowa to call Nebraska daddy when Nebraska oh, no. has gotten 
absolutely rocked the last seven or eight times they've played. Anyway, it's funny. We'll get more into that come football season or right before football season starts because, I mean, Colorado's bad, so I can't really laugh too hard, but I still think Nebraska being awful is funny. Okay, well, jumping off of that because we'll – You got to run and hide while you can, buddy. I I will say this recruiting class that came in, you got um, Case Thompson out of Texas as a quarterback – you got Brock Purdy's little brother, uh, excuse me, coming in. And so you got a decent spot at quarterback. And then the wide receiver crew is supposed to be a little bit better than it has been in the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see it. Not going to not gonna try to blow smoke up anybody right now because everybody says, oh, Nebraska football, top 25 every year. And then we come out and show, hey, we're not top 25. But I want to say this because I am looking at it on ESPN right now. As of seven hours ago, the biggest joke in the history of college football, has, or in the like in the history of the NCAA, has been made. As of seven hours ago, Ohio State wins the trademark to keep the word "the" oh. in front of Ohio State. <laughs> are you shitting me? You are this petty. You go through a lawsuit. To get a trademark. Yeah, I don't United... know what to say to that. That's uh, I of all the words, the I didn't know you could trademark that. To be completely honest, so yeah. no, it's it's here in black and white. There is a picture <laughs> to prove it. The Ohio State. So, what does that mean for every other use of the word the? Is every single the now trademarked by the Ohio State University? Well, okay, so Ohio State is like the only university that is literally saying the, the Ohio university, State University or like yeah. Cuz like you don't hear Michigan saying the University of Michigan, it's just the University of Michigan. You don't um <laughs> you don't hear like the University of Texas at Austin, but it's like are you serious? First you get the horns down with I'm Texas sorry. A&M. That was the stupidest thing oh I've ever God. heard. If Baker Mayfield can grab his nuts on the field, <laughs> stamp a flag in the middle of the Ohio State University O, then you can't you can't try to sue somebody for putting the horns down and you cannot get the trademarked. <laughs> the horns Are down thing. Are you kidding thing, me? I, I don't know which one's funnier, but the horns oh down my thing. Gosh. If they wanted that insult gone, trying to be abrasive and get rid of it that way didn't work if anything it had the exact opposite effect because now even people like me when you see a a texas plate or a texas uh, bumper sticker or whatnot immediately first thought is i'm gonna put horns down and see how this person reacts and i don't give a crap about the big 12 S or uh, Texas A&M's pitcher the other night when they beat Texas was yeah. literally walking through the line. He put the <laughs> horns down and the camera was on him and he was doing it with both hands. And I'm a Texas fan and I'm sitting there laughing my ass off because he has the audacity. But dude, if you have to be that soft, like I am sorry, you are moving to the SEC now and you are. You got to put your big boy be... pants on now, brother. Well, and. <laughs> You were Texas. You were a storied football program, which, granted, still wasn't the greatest football program of all time, but you were a storied football program. Your baseball has been 
just absolutely nuts. Granted, you can't, and we'll talk about it later, you can't close except for 2005 when it comes to the damn College World Series. But good Lord, you guys are supposed to be one of the most prestigious colleges, and you cannot handle the fact that somebody puts a horn down in front of you. I get crap for being a Nebraska fan, and I sit oh, here. Oh, boy, you sure I don't re- do. <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember the 90s because, one, I was just an idea, and, two, I was just born the year after we won a title. It's like, why am I supposed to just sit here and take it if you can't? <laughs> Good God. But the Ohio State University, get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's, you might as uh... well. You might as well just bring Urban Meyer back and oh, really make yourself a basket oh, case. Man. I guess I didn't know the was even up for bid at this point, to be quite it, honest. So how long has this been was, going on? Oh, it's been going on for, I think, like a couple years. If I Let me look at this article here to try to see if I can find it. But it's been, it's been going on for a while. Like, um, Ohio State wanted this for a hot minute. I think at least two years. But, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, wait, no, that was in 20. Okay, that was back in 2019. I was going to say uh, Michigan wanted to do University of Michigan. You want the, think, we get of. Well, this was back on, and this was a tweet from the University of Michigan, because it's just University of Michigan, and it was back on August 14th, 2019, and it was just M in the middle of big capital letters of Oh my, or OF, but That's oh hilarious. my lord. Well, you they should have got fool. OF before it really took off. They should have got OF before they got handed a bunch of L's by Ohio State. <laughs> well, I was referencing OnlyFans, but you know. Oh, well, that too. Oh, God. That's if, if they got in with the <laughs> OF before OnlyFans, they would be, you know, making even more bank than they already do. I think OnlyFans would honestly get shut down. <laughs> Like, Probably. Could Mich- that is a real question, though. Could Michigan, if they had the big OF, could they shut down OnlyFans? And can the University of Ohio State, because it is now from the office of the Patent and Trademark, or from the United States Patent and Trademark Office, can they just sue anybody for saying the? I mean, the last one, no, and the first one, no, because the only reason I think no is because it's the word of – and technically, OnlyFans would be OF. O dot F. Yeah. But, yeah, if you sue everybody for saying the word the, this podcast was shut down, like, episode one or two. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to go around suing everybody for using the word the. Oh. And I, here's the I'm... other thing. Maybe this is one of those. Maybe it's how you – maybe they're going for – if you're saying, like, the – insert thing here instead of the because the well, is such a commonly word used word maybe instead of if it's, you start using like the in the sentence like look at the might, cat yeah instead of look at the that, cat like a normal person i think that might be what they were actually going for but at the same time it's like dude you it, it doesn't matter it, it is one word what what's it to you well you know like I, I can't tell you, but I mean, oh, uh, it's the Lord. same type of thing with the NCAA March Madness tournament with Final Four, Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen. They've got yeah. all those locked up too. So, 
Well, and now they have it on the women's side, which is fantastic. I'm actually happy that they decided to call it the women's tournament, like March or Women's March Madness, and actually give that the tournament because it's it's the same thing. It 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 sadly might not get a lot of the co- like same coverage, but I mean it is the same thing. You have the same amount of rounds, the same amount of teams, everything like that. So you might as well keep going with the tournament because the women's college world series has been the women's college world series since as long as I can remember with softball. Yeah. About the biggest difference in uh, the basketball side is, I mean, the women's first two, maybe three rounds are usually, you can pretty much guess them. And on the men's side, good luck. Oh, (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying you don't get upsets on the women's side, but I, I would hazard a guess, and I didn't do my research before this, so you know, take it for what it's worth. But it seems to me a lot of you're not going to get a one sixteen upset on the women's side very often. I mean, you don't no. on the men's side, but I think in the next you know five ten years that one sixteen game, granted, it's still going to be heavily lopsided, but it won't be as like automatic as it is now. But that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, because I was going to say the 15 versus 2 is now starting to become the, the like, 5 versus, um, what would that be? The 5 versus 8 12. or 5 versus 9? 5 versus 12, yeah. Because yep. I know that's one of the big, big upsets. 12 seeds always come through. Um, there's a bunch of other big upsets that you can bet against. But, no, I, I would agree. I think the 16 versus 1 is going to start becoming a little bit more. Teams aren't going to be so lax a day's goal. And with that, welcome to the first rabbit hole of the returning show here <laughs> on the Kilvert Show. And we're going to jump into our first topic. And you do a podcast all about it, so you'll take the lead on this one. But the College World Series is right around the corner. Well, I guess technically we're in it, but the final two teams are just about uh, flushed out, if you will. Oklahoma picks up a big win, knocking off number five, Texas A&M. See a ranked team. So if I'm not mistaken, there will okay. not be a ranked team in the final. Um, No. As of, as of now, since Arkansas beat Auburn, there will not be. So there you go. That's a sign of a good tournament, in my opinion. I mean, it's, if, I mean obviously you might want a – you know, ranked team in. But, you know, if you can get a bunch of not ranked teams this far, you know, Notre Dame's there, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, just the first few I'm seeing. But Arkansas survives to fight another day. They play tomorrow against uh, Ole Miss again. So turn it over to you. Some of your thoughts on this. I've been following it very uh, loosely. Uh, But it looked like a lot of good upsets. I mean, Stanford gets – steamrolled that's your two seed arkansas wailed on him 17 to 2 that's pretty much been the highlight of what i've seen uh upset wise but what are are some of your thoughts uh on this tournament so far and what you saw tonight i know you're watching both games today um well first off the oklahoma game i didn't get to see a, a whole lot of but um the sooners are continuing to run through they botched their first four out of five series um of the big 12 of big 12 play coming into the beginning of the season um they moved to the second half and absolutely just ran through the second half of the schedule 
TCU won the regular season for the Big 12. They get into the conference tournament, and then it was a Red River showdown for the conference title, Texas versus Oklahoma. And Oklahoma just manhandles Texas. And I think the biggest thing that Oklahoma has looked through, because they went through a very, very tough regional down in Gainesville with Florida, who was the 13 national seed. But um, and then they had to go against Virginia Tech, who was the fourth. So, I mean, they've been they've been battling all season and their pitching staff has been absolutely on fire in the College World Series. They have had now three pitchers with double digit K's in each appearance. Their uh, first two starters besides today went um, 10 and 11 K's. Their starter today went 12 K's. And I mean, they've just been hitting the ball outstanding for the last two months. And it's been it's been fun to watch them because the women's Oklahoma team just won the or the women's college world series for softball. So they're looking to be the first team ever to win women's and men's college world series in the same year. The last team to possibly do it was Florida back in 2011 and both the men's and the women's team lost. I forget who the women's team lost to, but I know the men lost to LSU when back when it was TD Ameritrade, not Charles Schwab. Sorry, I will not be happy with Charles Schwab. I miss TD Ameritrade. But um no, so far it has been absolutely insane. The first round of the regional tournament, and you have um, Tennessee making it out, who was the number one overall seed. They were the best team all year. They had SEC Player of the Year um, in the bullpen as a pitcher, and they had just the hottest offense on the market. And Notre Dame comes through, beats Georgia Southern um, in the Statesburg Regional, and then they make it to the college world series upsetting T- or Tennessee two to one. And that was the biggest part about it. Otherwise the, all the other regions kind of played out as they were supposed to. Um, and then you get the final eight come through Texas A&M, Texas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Stanford, Auburn, Ole Miss and Arkansas. For those of you who didn't know the Stanford team was the number two national seed. And in their um, main region, they played Texas state to try to send it, home they came back in the ninth inning down three to one with back-to-back home runs within three pitches got men on first and second and then came with a walk-off single so that was crazy i watched that one beat a very good uconn team to get there uh arkansas beat a very good north carolina team to get there but the biggest thing i think like through this college world series has been bullpens if you've got a bullpen you're hot and heavy and you're you're there Offense has been a major factor all season for teams because there have been boat race games no matter where. <laughs> Arkansas, 17-2 to two over Stanford. Um, Ole Miss to even get out of the Coral Gables region in Miami. They beat Arizona 22-6 to six to Oof. make it to the Supers. Ole Miss had not lost a postseason game until today. Arkansas handed them their first loss. So, I mean, hell, there are great teams. Texas, like I said earlier, they can make it to the College World Series. They're one of the best teams to do it, besides Stanford and USC. But when they get to the College World Series, they're one of two teams now since 2005 when they won their last title. They will either go 2-Q and Q in the first, first two days like they did this year, or they will lose one game, make it to the uh, semifinals, force a game three, or force a game two, and then they'll lose. And then usually whoever they lose to wins the national title. But... Um, yeah, it's crazy, and we will have an SEC team in the championship series, no matter who wins Ole Miss or Arkansas, for the 13th time in 14 years. Wow. SEC baseball is powerhoused. So I've got two things 
Okay. <clears throat> that I'm I curious to, about. I need to get another drink because I'm like, <laughs> I'm out this dry after talking about that. <laughs> I was going to say my, my voice is, I can feel it. It's not, it's not in the podcasting form quite yet. But so first thing, and I'm going to let you sip on your drink. So I'm going to give you a couple questions here. First thing, going back to the Tennessee team, I want to hear some thoughts about the flipping off the outfield. Oh. You know, they, they, they're the, they're the swag. They seem like they're the swag daddy team. Everybody oh, was happy man. for him to lose. And then the other thing is, how often do you get to a title game or this deep in and have all your seated, you know, number five, Texas A&M, number 14, Auburn, those type of seated teams are just gone. Is this something that's like a yearly thing or how, how often does this happen? And then, of course, talk about the Tennessee uh, – We'll call them swag daddies, for a lack of a better word, because I don't know what else you say. I mean, <laughs> poor sportsmanship, whatever. But yeah, oh, flipping, man. flipping off the outfield and then getting dumped before uh, they got oh. too far into the tournament. So, like I said, Tennessee was the best team coming in. I mean, granted, they they were the swag daddies. I mean, they had the pimp coat for home runs, best performer of the game like every week like they had the pimp coat they won the sec outright and the pimp coat won the conference. that tells they you all did. you need to know right there <laughs> but they were styling and then all of a sudden jordan beck hits an rbi double and uh georgia tech's outfielder dives for it misses it and jordan beck is flipping him off running around first base <laughs> if you hadn't seen it the year before Tennessee to make it to the College World Series, they beat Wright State, and Drew Gilbert was the culprit of this one. He never flipped anybody off, but he came came up just absolutely tattooed a ball. And I mean, this ball still probably has not landed yet. But the best bat flip I think that you have ever seen in college baseball, and took the longest trot around the bases. I mean, so they're just a team that likes to rub it in your face and pimp you out, basically. They're a swag, yeah. They're they were a team that swag they were daddy hot shit. city, and um, Oklahoma State had one of those guys. Let me look this up real quick because I forget who it was. One of their biggest players, and we talked about it on the like one of the last couple of shows. Um, he did the uh, Johnny Depp run around. Oh my god! No, I I am no not way. kidding you. No, <laughs> I am not kidding you. Um. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, that's Oklahoma what that's State. one way to make your opponent feel worse about themselves for giving up the long ball. Long ball. He, he took um, he took like a, a sixteen second trot around the bases, did like Jeez. a whole Johnny Depp run, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the next um, the next home run he hit, he sprint around the bases because everybody was booing him and criticizing him. <laughs> but I mean, seriously. Well, if like, you're going to pimp bat- it, you got to know you're going to get criticized. I mean, that's just yeah. part of the game at that point. I mean, the bat flip's bad enough. Like, you don't need to flip off a mm. center fielder who's trying to make a play. You don't need to Johnny Depper on around the bases. Well, I mean, I the don't, pitcher already. I was going to say, I don't necessarily disagree with that. The bat flip's the one that's a fun discussion, though. Because, I mean, yeah. pitchers get to be pumped when they strike you out. Why can't you bat flip? I'm not condoning flipping off outfielders or oh, no. Johnny Depp running around the bases. and But I don't know. There's something to be said about pimping a home run. That's a generational thing. No question about that. I mean. Oh, yeah. And I mean. The older I, you I've are, the more irritated you get about a bat flip. I mean, I've pimped off a bat. Or I've 
pimped off one home run. It was against Central back when I played at BV, and it was deserving of a of a bat flip. And it I wasn't trying to just like granted I really wanted to because like um one of my favorite guys from Mississippi State just absolutely got his team on fire after hitting this ball against Stanford a couple years ago in a regional. But um, I wanted to just absolutely toss the bat. But in the moment, I just realized, holy shit, this ball is going a mile. I'm just going to toss this and just watch. And it wasn't bad. Like, I still spread around the bases because I had so much damn adrenaline going through my body. But I was like, I, I didn't know what else to do. But, I mean, in that situation, I agree. If your pitcher can get pumped up and start talking smack and um, what's his name from the Dodgers? Joe Kelly. If oh, Joe Kelly, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Granted, well, it's against Houston, so I'm skewed. Yeah. But I thought that was great. Oh, yeah. But if you can do that as a pitcher, then 100% bat flips are okay. You deserve to show a little emotion in the game because a lot of these guys yes. are still – Jordan Alvarez, I mean, granted – He's he had a multi home run game today, but you don't see him bat flipping every time. But at the same time, you see him with a bat toss, like a small bat tosser. He's walking the bat down because he just hit a majestic bomb. The kid's twenty two years old, for God's sake, and he is still just hitting the crap out of the ball. Yeah, like, I mean, I oh don't. Oh my think, goodness, I don't think you need to bat flip every single time, but in a big moment. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the the one that comes to mind is, I believe it was Teoscar Hernandez for the Blue Jays hit one against the Yankees. It wasn't walk-off. It was in, like, the seventh or eighth. Yeah. They had been scuffling through the series. The Yankees had won 50 games, and they, they, got, they got one against New York. I think the bat flip's completely justified, you know. Jose, Jose Bautista's bat flip against Texas. <laughs> that one? That one – is fun because it depends which side of the fence you're on. As a Blue Jay fan, and oh yeah, bear in mind this would be 2015, I believe, is when they hit the bomb, yeah. won the playoff series. They hadn't made the playoffs since 1993, and the that Rangers, was 2015. And the Rangers gave them the inning. There were so many errors; they were playing like crap. And in the, the entire Rangers inning. led the oh. series 2-0. In yeah. a five-game series. Yeah, you're so, going to bad flip. It's justified. Yeah. They hadn't made a... They, uh, let me say that again. 1993 to 2015. They hadn't been in a playoff game. They hadn't won a playoff game. Or a series, rather. That's a 20-year drought. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to bat flip. And, you know, then the next year they pop Bautista. And then, you know, what happens in the uh, postseason when it really matters? Yeah. How about we sweep you out of the playoffs, Rangers? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, you can tell I've got an opinion on this. You you, you, you already knew that. You set me up good. I appreciate that. Oh, well, dude. I'm, <laughs> well, it's, it's just one of those things. Bautista's bat flip was awesome. Yeah. It was one of those of you knew it when he hit it, and like you said, the Rangers, the the Rangers got the lucky bounce off the Russell Martin throwing it off the bat in the inning in the top of that inning to take a lead, and then the Blue Jay fans throw all the stuff on the field, which, in retrospect, the call was right, but in the moment you're like, we're gonna lose a playoff series because of that. 
Yeah. And then, like, three errors in the inning later, Bautista hits the bomb, which, by the way, should have been a grand slam, but because of a base running error by the Blue Jays, wasn't. But, yeah, it's reliving Ugh. reliving the old uh, glory days because Toronto, they've gotten to the playoffs a couple times in that span, but never had a team quite like that yet. And the, I think this team, yeah. this this group, this core they've got now has the potential in the next couple of years. I've said it last year, and I'll say it again. They're going to win a World They're Series a within the next four or five years. I I would agree. And then to go back to your second question really fast, which was the national seeds performing in Poor. the College World Series. Well, this year it was horrible. So I did think this was funny. So, like, the regional hosts – I found a stat last or two weeks ago talking about it when regional started. 60% of, re, or I think, yeah, it was like 68% of regional hosts make the Supers and make it to the College World Series, or like make it to the College World Series. And it was either Super hosts or it was, no, it was Super Regional hosts. Super Regional hosts this year did horrible. Because East Carolina hosted a Super. Texas ended up winning that. They were a national seed. They were the ninth national seed. Um, Southern Miss was the 11th national seed. Ole Miss beat them. Oregon State was the three national seed and hosted. Auburn beat them. Virginia Tech was a four national seed. Oklahoma beat them. Virginia Tech hosted. North Carolina was a national seed. Arkansas beat them. Um, Stanford was like... Uh, it was Stanford and Texas A&M were the only two teams not to be beaten as a host in the Super Regionals because Notre Dame beat Tennessee as a uh, away team, and it was crazy. And then they had success in the College World Series, but like normally as a national seed in the College World Series, you do pretty well, and you actually make it to the championship. I can't find the exact statistic on it yet, but last year Vanderbilt was – um, a top national seed, and then they lost to Mississippi State, who was not even in the national seed conversation. And so now, when you actually look at the bracket for the College World Series, there is no national seed left to discuss. Arkansas may have gotten gypped out of the national seed, but they had a, a rough SEC tournament. Ole Miss, who was arguably not even supposed to be there as they were like a 30-20 and 20 team, they're storming through it, and they caught fire and never lost in in the regional supers or now finally got their first loss. And Oklahoma just caught fire at the right time at the end of the year and stuck with it. So, I mean, as national seeds, yes, you do have a lot of success because you just ride that wave of being the better team. Normally you catch fire at the end of the tournaments, and then you, you just ride the wave. This year has been the exact opposite. So, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. But – um. If I had to actually say, just a quick prediction, because Oklahoma's already in, I think tomorrow's game, I I would really like to see Old Miss win it, but I know tomorrow is going to be best on best out of the bullpen, and Oklahoma is salivating because they know they're sitting there holding their bullpen. Um, but I I think with the way that Arkansas's bats have been throughout the the supers, I think they could actually do it. They found a way to beat Old Miss tonight when their starter went. Uh, six innings and struck out I think it was eight or nine um, so I think Arkansas might have it sadly but I think sadly. Oklahoma it I know I'm even though Dave Van Horn 
Dave Van Horn was a former Husker, and he brought the Huskers to the College World Series back in 04. Always getting excited. But I actually, I would, I would love, unless Ole Miss wins, I would love to see Oklahoma complete the uh, men's and women's College World Series in the same year. I, I actually, and that as a Texas fan and a Nebraska fan hurts my freaking soul. Like I'm burning right now, not because my apartment is 9,000 degrees. I'm literally burning. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's college baseball. Oh man. Well, on that note, we'll go to a sport that is much cooler. We'll see if oh. we have a final. Ooh, we do have a final in game four. Avalanche three, two in overtime. Wow. So we'll recap. Avalanche have won three of the first four games in the Stanley Cup final, two of which, game one, 4-3 overtime. Today's game, 3-2 in overtime. And uh, they also whomped the Lightning in game two, 7-0. You look at the... the, And aren't the Lightning, like, back-to-back champions? Yeah, I believe they are, yeah. Stanley Cup winners. Yeah. Breakdown for so. the Avalanche in game two. Three in the first, two in the second, and two in the third. And then the Lightning got one back uh, on Monday. 6-2. So Lightning can win it all at home. Avalanche. Avalanche. Yes. Did I say Lightning? Uh, yes, you did. Oh, I, I, any, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Avalanche can win it Friday at home, leading in the series 3-1. If they don't, it goes back to Tampa for game six. If it manages to get back to game seven, Avalanche would host. Uh, looking through the playoff run, uh, the Rangers got beat by the Lightning 4-2. Avalanche beat the Oilers in straight 4-0 in uh, the conference finals. Semifinals had the Rangers over the Hurricanes for three. Colorado over the Blues, an interesting matchup there for two. Edmonton over the Flames for uh, one. Tampa swept the Panthers 4-0, and I believe that's... Sadly. Yeah. Well, I... Ooh, Panthers. In round, uh, that's round two. We won't go back to round one, but the Devils stunk. For those wondering, yeah. my Devils... Eastern Conference Metropolitan second to last. An amazing Yikes. 27 49 or 27 46 and 9. Wow. They were four, 59 points or 59 more goals were scored than they scored against their opponent. And they oh were second gosh. to last to the Flyers. Points wise, here's your spread top to bottom. So Hurricanes 116 Rangers 110, Penguins, I think we're the last playoff team at 103. Don't quote me on that. Here's the bottom two. Flyers 61, Devils 63. 53 points separated. They, only, they almost were doubled up by the Hurricanes is how bad they were. Yikes. So, yeah, well, yeah. Well, Their last 10, they were 2-5-3 and three with a six-game losing streak. So <laughs> let's see <laughs> The season ended mercifully when it was over. <laughs> well, and then I was going to say, meanwhile, finally I actually was able to like sit down and watch hockey games, and yes, you can call me a bandwagon all you want. Bandwagon. But, 
as, as a kid, I was a Florida Panthers fan because I had, like, NHL, like, 2001 on the original PlayStation. But I was, like, that was the only team I know because their logo looked cool. And I was, like, five at the time, so sue me. But, like, I've my buddy started getting me into hockey, like, a couple years ago from Las Vegas because the Knights moved to town. And so he was all for it. So we started watching some hockey. Well, the Panthers decided that they wanted to actually kind of make a run for the year. One hundred and twenty-two points with a record of fifty-eight, yeah. eighteen, and six. That's pretty solid. And then decide to, you know, get swept by Tampa Bay. Bebop but, out mean, if, in the second round. Oh yeah, but I mean, if you're going to get swept by the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, and then they're, I mean, they're about to get beat by the the Avalanche. But I mean, still, you're you're sitting pretty. And I I want to actually start watching more hockey. Because I do actually thoroughly enjoy watching it. I don't understand what the hell is going on at times. <laughs> I would much rather watch it than freaking soccer. But <laughs> Wow, shots taken at soccer. I'm sorry. I, I played it, and my cousins played it. It's a sport where you literally have to play it, because otherwise if you're sitting there, no goals get scored. Like you'll Except have those for when they – well, that's the same thing with hockey. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, but with with hockey, you can you can throw your body into somebody, and then all of a sudden, two fight. seconds later, there's a fight. Yeah, it's like yeah, you see guys with no teeth, you see guys getting out of the game because of blood. Somebody whacks you with a stick. It's like that's a little entertaining. A little entertaining. Wow, Undersell, underselling hockey quite a bit, are we? <laughs> I mean. I mean, I'd throw it to the other hand with soccer. It's like, especially on the men's division, like the women are ruthless. Like if you watch women's soccer, <laughs> those girls are nasty. But throw it to the guys, it's like I'm going to come up and I'm going to literally just breathe on you. And all of a sudden you're going to fall down screaming. You broke my leg, hurts. my guy. Yeah, you broke my leg. You <laughs> breathed on my head. And then all of a sudden he wakes up, he wakes up out of a coma oh, two man. seconds later and says, did he get a red card? No. Well, shit, now I got to do it again. Hold on, let's see if I can channel my Miami Heat school of acting one more time. <laughs> so interesting, though, with that Ranger-Lightning series in uh, the conference final, Rangers were up 2-0 before losing the next four. So interesting note there. Uh, Colorado Ooh. won the first two, dropped the third, and won the fourth. And, you know, this is one of those uh, series, Avalanche 4 also, in case if you hear something, I'm walking at the moment, and my I didn't realize that the fan in my kitchen was on because I have to. And this will come up later in the podcast, but grabbing another cold one at the moment. Ah, yes, sir. <laughs> Got to stay refreshed. It's hot in here. It's like 90 <laughs> degrees in the middle of friggin' Iowa. Uh, so there you go. Avalanche four <laughs> three, Avalanche seven zero, Lightning six two, and Avalanche get it done. Today for game four, three, two overtime winner. And I, I'll say this too. And it's like this in a lot of sports, but hockey and I throw soccer in as well as another one overtime in those sports oh. is thrilling. Yeah. I, I will say that sudden death. Any, any busted play it's over is yeah. awesome. There's the other spectrum of college football where you can score a bajillion overtimes if you want to. That's awesome, too. Pro football, not a fan, but that's, again, a discussion for another day. But, if football is a totally, football's a totally different alleyway, mostly because you can pretty much score 
so quickly. Yeah. With soccer, like soccer and hockey, the score on like your first possession, whether or not you win the first touch or right after the face off and like the first kick. I mean, scoring on that is insane on the odds, but I mean, it, it's happened. It's just like Tim Tebow back against the Steelers, God knows when. <laughs> and you know, your first play from scrimmage, you throw it down the field and you win. But I mean, holy crap. I would much rather see the NFL switch that rule. Another rabbit hole for another time. But no, overtime for soccer and hockey can get insane. So I was looking at that. I believe that's a 2012 play that you're talking about. I think so. Might be one of the single most luckiest plays in postseason history. But before we get down that rabbit hole, that's (laughs) a look at the NHL. So we're checking them off. We got the NHL. We got college baseball we spent 30 minutes we spent 30 minutes prepping this for you guys and we went down (laughs) and by 30 minutes it was literally 30 34 minutes 35 minutes it was like the pre-show to the pro (laughs) to the podcast is right before it's It's a good process what can i say we haven't been on for like three months we got to reconnect a little bit we got (laughs) to figure out what we want to talk about and we got to go you started looking at old shows, and we started reconnecting over that. Uh, we yep. talking so about nostalgic stuff, and oh yeah. man, we found out that you lost the hex bugs. Oh uh, well, here we, now that you've let that cat out of the bag, uh, yeah. So the hex bugs <laughs> in the process of moving, much like my, my much like my podcasting gear as a whole, was oh lost for a little bit. We were trying to start this <laughs> podcast probably I don't know three weeks ago, a month ago. Time flies. I would say a mu- I would say like a month and a half ago almost. Jeez, it's been that long. But yeah, it's been so moving for those that have never done it is chaos <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> it's not fun, no. And I, I don't know anybody to move. that I was about to say. I don't know anybody that enjoys moving and I don't even have anything hardly. <laughs> oh, same. Um, but yeah, so Anyway, there's that. So the hex bugs are in the void. Uh, eventually, we'll find them. And, uh, you know, this is a good segue to talk about the old uh, Cobert show. TikTok. Got yes, some sir. things posted there. I think the last thing I posted was about a Slipknot concert. Speaking of Slipknot concerts, we're going to try to get RC on before Incarceration Fest 2022 starts the 15th of July. So we'll see if we can get him on. Talk about some concerts, but yeah, saw a good old Slipknot at the uh, Tax Slayer Center in Moline. Good time was had by all. I will say, and, and this is one that I will probably rehash this one's RC is on the podcast, but we sat beside a guy. I kid you not. So you've been to a concert. Most of us I've have. I've been to a few. Yeah, most of few. us have been to a few concerts, you know, live events, basically. Just lump them into one. This guy behind me had not been. So he goes and you you know RC well enough at this point that he is not (laughs) amused by this. Oh, no. But I'm the one that got stuck next to this guy. So he (laughs) turns to and I don't there was a lot going on with this person. So I don't know whether it was his girlfriend. I don't know whether it was his sister. I'm not really sure what was happening there. But he turns to her. So you know how in concerts, 
rabbit hole number two or three we're on now. So you know how oh, concerts man. have that pre-music? Yeah. That kind of warms up the crowd. It's yeah, you know, like why everybody's everybody gets... talking. Everybody's yep. chugging down their first brewski, getting ready to, to, to party. Band's getting with... set up. Yep, yep. He turns to the person he's with. And there, there's his dad's there too. So again, I, I'm not sure what the relation was to this chick. He turns to her 100% goes, yeah, this is as loud as it's going to get the pre-show music. And I turn to RC and I go, oh my God, if he thinks that he's in for a bad surprise because there's loud shows and then, you know, there's Slipknot and that whole genre of heavy metal Whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, the, the big heavy metal like this. Even louder. It's not, it's not even screamo, but it, it's definitely like the metal side of rock. Yeah. And so yeah, and he uh, he had a few things that were said during the uh, waiting for the first band to get going. That was like, what is this guy talking about? Oh lord. Uh, so yeah, that's like I said. Once we get RC on, he'll he'll have a he'll he'll rehash it almost guaranteed, but. Anyway, that's going to be coming up, so keep an eye to the TikTok page for Hexbugs if I can find them. If not, I guess we'll have to find the next impulse purchase to buy for this show because, <laughs> uh, well. Well, hold on. We found it, if we can even find it at this point. Oh, my gosh. You brought it, and you even said that <laughs> it was going to be a rabbit hole, so we, we got to talk about this. Well, because... I don't, I don't, I don't know how like old or young we got as listeners, but if you were, let's see, let's let me try to place this here because this is back when I was in grade school. Good God, now I'm 23. I'm gonna say you know 2005 to 2009 era would be my guess. Maybe a Give skosh take, earlier than that, like 04 to 08. Give or take like a couple of years, hit or miss in that. Yeah. Does anyone? And I know we already talked about it. But freaking, they were the they were pre dipping dots, man. Yogos, yogos. Oh and here's my the funny gosh! Thing. We were talking about this before the show. Yogos are good, and it's surprising because anybody that knows me knows I hate yogurt. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. There's like two types of yogurt that I'll eat, and that's it. The I yogurt's gross. But yogos, yeah. on the other hand, were not gross. They, I, I was the same way. It was like, it was like a happy medium. It was like just frozen enough, and like you couldn't really taste the yogurt. My grandma back in Branson, Missouri, and this, this really shows you because they were the gogurt too, like the original oh, gogurt Oh, but she had those, and she thought I would like them, and I tried it once. And I said, uh, uh-uh, uh, I cannot, I can't <laughs> do this. Like frozen yogurt is a totally different thing than actual like freaking yogurt but then all of a sudden like she goes okay the the next or i think when school came around that year yogos were like the big hit and somebody gave me one and i tried it and i was like oh i love these so the next year i told grand like my grandma i was like hey get yogos i'll eat them ate the whole freaking box (laughs) and she goes you realize these are yogurt and i was like no, they're not. They're different. And she goes, it says yogurt on the box. Nick. Yogurt was like... covered fruit flavored <laughs> snack. I think that's exactly. enough of yogurt. Exactly. But I was like, at, at the time, I was like so damn stubborn. I was like, no, this is not yogurt. Whatever's Just read tube, the box. That... Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at them online. 
Oh, gosh. Now I got to look this up. Yogurt-covered fruit-flavored snack. Okay? So the first one that pops up, Strawberry Slam, had it. Awesome. Guaranteed. Slam dunk. It's funny because I haven't had these in probably, oh, man, 12 years. You know those TikToks that are like this just in, like, we regret to inform you that your childhood has expired. Oh, yeah. And you see, like, all the stuff that you did in grade school. Dude, this is nostalgia and a hat. This is like Zoo Pals to me. Zoo Pals. Dude. Oink, oink, Zoo Pals. Oink, zoo pals. <laughs> oh, my uh, Well, we gosh. just need to, we, we might just come oh, up with a new God. segment, the nostalgia segment. Wait, wait, wait. Dude, I just clicked on a link, and it took me to Amazon. Oh, no. Kellogg's Yogos. No way. What's the going rate for some Yogos on Amazon? Oh my gosh! No, 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 no! Come on, give me a price, boys. Amazon. Okay, hold on. I had to back this up just to make sure. Okay, so it says Yogos. it literally says Amazon. Oh no, it's a product review. Can I buy them though? This I'm pulling up something that has cereal straws that are in that same. Well, these are 2021, so they're not that old. But that's that's an old one too. No, I don't want Yogi's. Oh, the Yogi's. Fruit Loop cereal straws, nineteen ninety nine. Boy, oh my gosh! And they're twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Hold on here, we're going through. We're going through. Yeah, I think you're uh, gonna swing and miss. No, I, I, you, I guarantee you won't find them. You know what else? Throwing it back down, and we'll probably we should do it next week. Should be a nostalgia episode, or like whenever we record next nostalgia. It's just gonna be a segment from here on out, because that's how oh, the yeah. hex bugs happen too. Oh my yep. gosh. Speaking of things that are a great idea, assorted dehydrated marshmallow bits, cereal marshmallow in resealable bag, a two and a half pound jar for twenty one ninety nine. Are you oh. talking about like the Fruit Loops oh, oh. marshmallow? I'm talking about Lucky Charms marshmallows. Oh, dude! <laughs> oh. Yeah, I can I have it, it delivered by Sunday, June twenty sixth, <laughs> if I order within an hour and a minute. Candy Factory. I remember oh, when... So they come in one pound bag, one pound... Oh, I guess there's two one pound bags, a one pound jar or a two and a half pound jar. If you don't just go straight for the two and a half pound jar, you're a quitter. Yeah. If you're making a, a bad impulse decision, you might as well just go straight to the top. It's like the time I bought 10 pounds of sweet tarts. <laughs> Why yeah. did you do that? It was in... Uh, oh, what's that candy store in the mall? Um, in which mall? Sweet something. Oh my gosh, uh, dude! I gotta look this up now. Oh, and they on. have. Oh my gosh, I I remember as a kid I used to eat Lucky Charms, and my mom goes, Nick, you know that you can eat the marshmallows, and I said, I know. I would literally. Like the first couple of scoops, I would get a couple of marshmallows just to like satisfy myself for the the upcoming like five minutes that it was going to take for me to devour this bowl of cereal. But I would literally eat all like the um, the other shapes before the marshmallows to just leave the bowl of marshmallows <laughs> to eat at the end. So the store is it's sugar. Oh my god! Well, they, they've got the sugar high club. Anyway, this is some real. <laughs> Real good work for him here. We're talking about this, but they had at one point. Let's see if I can 
Giant candy might be it. Ooh, they don't have it, but they do have a three pound gummy worm for thirty three bucks. But they had ten pound tubes of yeah. Oh. So you haven't been to these stores in a long time because they have the giant five pound gummy bears there too. Oh my gosh! Well, the closest one that I remember back in home or back in Omaha was a uh, Hollywood candy, which is like it's a name known around Omaha just because it's in the um it's in the old market and everybody went there. But I don't even remember if they had that. But yeah, like they the had five these five or three pounders, big old ten pound tubes. It was oh on a school Lord. trip, and it's one of those you know when in Rome, and uh, yeah came out there toting it and everybody's looking at me like what the hell is this guy doing and let me tell you i regret nothing <laughs> so there you go what are you jc what are you doing don't worry about it but you got mark don't worry about it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna order oh. this directly to my workplace and they're gonna see a two and a half pound jar of dehydrated marshmallow bits and what is this none of your gosh darn business dude <laughs> There better be an unboxing TikTok. <laughs> I swear to God, if there is not, oh, dude, I will be upset. Uh, yeah, okay. today's editions of things that I'm, hey, at least Just... with this one, I have a better chance of not buying it than the hex bugs. The hex bugs were bought mid-show. Oh, <laughs> I got one other nostalgia one because I um, threw it back to that um... – we regret to inform you your childhood has expired. As a kid, this was – I and I know you could pick from chocolate milk. You could pick from your lemonade. Your mom said that you could get a pop for, like, the, the road trip. But I know I am not the only kid out there that walked into a gas station and said, I know exactly what I'm going for. Goes to the back cooler on a beeline, opens it up picks it up, takes it to the counter, spins the label around, and said, I want bug juice, dude. Do you remember what bug juice was? Bug juice. Oh, my gosh. There, I saw the TikTok literally yesterday. Oh, it had my the original, gosh. Yes, I do remember that. It had that. The, the original packaging on it. They've got an and, official website. Let's see how much I can buy. <laughs> no way. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. At least dude, I think, I, if it's what I think you're talking about. Bug juice. Click to order online. Let's go with is it a bug juice. Is it bugjuice.com? Yes. yes. Drinkbugjuice.com. Oh my gosh, no way. Oh my lord. All right, it's your turn for a wonderful, wonderful investment in something that <laughs> you can oh. buy. Hold on. What can I buy for $654? No, no shot. Oh, I need pouches, to pay rent. Pouches master case for 235 bucks. What? Wow. Hold on. I got to go buy bug juice. Whole, whole sellers. Here we go. I got to look this up. Oh, my God. I can get it off of Amazon. <laughs> okay. So, also, wait. Bug juice. Oh, my God. There's so many different things. A big, big juicy fruit punch, ten ounce pack of twenty four for bug juice is thirty five eighty eight. Steal of the century. Put it in the cart now. <laughs> oh my god. Let's let's just look at these flavors real quick while we got it on Amazon. We got the we got the straw nana. 
We got the fruit punch. Oh my gosh! Wow, the wicked sour ones. We had the leaping lemonade. You had the uh, lemon lime grape. You had the lemonade itself, or the limeade. You had lime. You had outrageous orange. You had blue raspberry, or like the the light bug juice, which was the raspberry berry. Oh my gosh! Now yeah. I'm se- now I'm seeing the variety pack. Uh-huh, oh my the, gosh! Ah, uh, the good old days. Dude, well, and then somebody's great idea decided to say, we're going to get rid of bug juice, we're going to reinvent the label, and we're going to make it fruit shoot and make it like the skinny bottles. It's like, no, it's not as nostalgic. Just remember, kids, love the bug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh There's gosh, a mystery dude. flavor. Ooh. No, no. That's oh. hilarious. Boy, now I'm going to have to start looking for more nostalgia things for next week. Well, we've just made a new segment of the uh, podcast called Nostalgia Avenue. There you go. It it all started with Yogo. It all started when I was born. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Anyways. All right. Well, with that in mind, we are now sliding to MLB. And, uh, well, we've got a couple more things after MLB, but the old Blue Jays <laughs> got a W today, knocking off the go. old uh, White Sox, finally. Blue About Jays, 39-30, and 30, and they are an amazing 11 and a half games back. Yankees are 50-18. and 18. Dude, I hitting the- hate being in the AL East, because here's the best part of this. If the Blue Jays at 39 and 30 were in the AL Central, they would be, I don't know how the math works out, but the Twins are 38 and 31. Toronto did would, the twins, Toronto did the twins would lose lead today? the Central. They're playing Cleveland. Yeah, they right would. Now. Toronto would say, lead the finished. Central. Yeah. Every single year I have this whole, you know, just reshuffle the East and Central. Yeah. Like, leave Baltimore and Toronto. Get rid of New York, Boston, and Tampa, and then get rid of Minnesota and Chicago. They can play over there, and then give us Detroit and Kansas City. But it'll never happen. What and I will Cleveland? say, I will say that it does make winning the division sweeter than yeah. winning like the AL Central, where everybody's not nearly as good. Because I mean, look at the look at it. I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, but I'm right now at in it. the East. 50 and 18, 39 yep. and 30, 39 and 31, 37 and 30. How Baltimore's 30 and 29 or 30 and 39? 30 and, and 39 is fourth in the central. And that's unheard of still for Baltimore. Baltimore sucks. Baltimore's yeah. terrible. And you look at I Tampa. How- Tampa would be a half game out of first in the central. <laughs> They're fourth in the east. It's so bad. Boston and Toronto would be leading the Central, mm-hmm. and they're second and third. It's amazing. You anyway, know, you would still be you'd still be second. Besides, like even even though you're second in the East, you would still even be second in the AL West. You would be three because, games, no, four games, four and a half, whatever, out of the AL West race. Oh yeah, because the Astros are 40, uh, 43 and twenty five. The Rangers are ten games back at thirty three and thirty five. The Rangers stink. 
Well, yeah. Well, and the the Angels finally had their fall off because at the beginning of the year, the Angels were just it, it was like a it was Angels in the outfield were literally sitting there <laughs> saying, "Okay, well, we'll give you a shot, we'll give you a taste of freedom, but then we'll bring it back to reality." So anyway, we're going through this, but Toronto, I mean, all things considered, they were tough at the start of the year, didn't play very well. They've found their way. Uh, they were sitting second. Cleveland leads the uh, Central. I get to see the Cleveland Guardians. I think they're playing the White Sox uh, a couple of times the week of incarceration, so that'll be cool. Uh, there you go. Twins also up there in the rankings. You talked about Houston on the NL side. The Mets are leading. Give it time. They'll squander it like they always do. Atlanta yep. right there with them, about four and a half back. Uh, NL Central. We don't need to talk as about the Central. bad as Cincinnati is. I'm shocked how bad the Cubs are. Oh, my God. I didn't realize I... how bad the Cubs were. And I know they're your team, so, you know. But oh. Cincinnati got out of the gate unbelievably slow. Oh, yeah. They had a stretch. I think they lost 10-plus games in a row at the beginning of the season. They were like 2-17 and 17 at one point, I think. It was, it was sad. They well, were and... horrible. Well, I'll just I'll just look at the Cubs schedule right now, even though I I really don't want to because this is a lot of red and there's a lot of the letter L City. But so taking a look at this, they beat the Pirates today. Thank God, fourteen to five. Otherwise, pitching pitching for the Cubs has been horrible. Offense for the Cubs has been horrible. I mean, they get lucky when they win games. I mean, they lost to the Padres twelve to five. Back in the second game of the the four game series, and then they lost nineteen to five. The next game, they got they've gotten boat raced a lot this year. Oh yeah, eighteen to four against the Yankees, fourteen five against the Cards. They lost to the Orioles once after losing to the Cards in a in a five game series. Just absolutely crap the bed. Three games or four games to five. Or wait, was that a six game? No, that was a five. Um, and then. The Brewers have just been playing really good as well. So, I mean, and that series is always hit or miss. The Cubs will either choke or they'll do anything. But, I mean, looking back through it, their schedule has just been so bad. The Cubs cannot find a way to to piece hits together. They can't find a way to actually win games. They just need to I, – I seriously think they just need to kind of clean house and just say, okay, here here's what we can keep. Here's what we need to rebuild on. But they have Frank Schwindler. They have Patrick Wisdom, which is great. They've got Seiya Suzuki, who has been still good. They just need to find a bullpen to build around. And they have Wilson Contreras, and I don't think Wilson Contreras will ever leave. And I, if he does, then we're screwed. But That's the spirit. Yeah. No, I really hope <laughs> to God we keep Wilson Contreras because I love him. But – so no, I've got some it's... bad news for you on the uh, front. No. August 29th, 30th, and 31st, you go north of the border. Good luck. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm not excited. You know, looking but... at Toronto as of late to interject with teams not doing so hot, lost 2-3 or three to the White Sox, lost 2-3 or three to the Yankees, split with the Orioles. Before that, took 2-3 or three from Kansas City, took 2-3 or three from Detroit, Man, those teams aren't good. So, yeah. And then open the month with a couple wins over the White Sox and then drop two of three to the Twins. So it's been a tough month, but they're still nine games above 500. So 
and they're still they get the Brewers this weekend. Red Sox are coming up. They finally go back home for a little bit too. And then they got a four game series with the Rays in the beginning well, of no, make that a five game series with the Rays uh starting June 30th and running through July 3rd. Five games in four days against the Rays. That's a huge weekend there on Canada Day weekend. That's one of those games rescheduled from the uh, lockout, delay, whatever we're calling the beginning of the... uh... The shit show. Yeah, there you go. That works just as well. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, so looking at this at the moment, and I know this is way, way, way early before even the All-Star break, but... Toronto is a game and a half up on the American League wild card. Boston is a game or is a game up, and the Twins are sitting right at that, even with it. The Rays are half a game back. Throwing it to the National League, the Padres are four and a half games up at a whopping forty-four and twenty-seven. The Braves are plus one on uh, the Giants, and then the Giants are sitting even, and then the Brewers are half a game back. You so know- I mean in. Like in reality, though, the National League is a lot closer than the American, and like the American League is still close. I mean, hell, besides the fact of the West and the the East, they're still like if you throw it to the middle of the pack teams and then the Central in itself, there's still a lot of close teams there because I guarantee you it will come down to the end of the year like it always does. But the National League is always that weird competitive, just year in year out. Like you said, the Mets are winning; they're four and a half games up. They'll find a way to squander it. The Braves are doing good despite the fact of Freddie Freeman is no longer in the lineup, but they still have a great bullpen. They still have Ronald Acuna. They still have Ozzy Albies, and they still have Dansby Swanson, who is lighting up the board this year. Um, the Cardinals and the Brewers are going to battle it like they always do. The Pirates, sadly, are ahead of the Cubs, which I, uh, I hate the Central. And then, as always, the Dodgers now are deciding that they want to take the the West and they got Freddie Freeman. And I think they found the like last missing piece to try to really continue to build the dynasty. And then the Padres are sitting there like, hold on, you can't forget about us. We were still good last year. We still got a very young team and we've got a way to be able to compete. And then the giants, which will probably end up their four and a half games back. They'll make their way up at some point to kind of mix up that in a West. But it, it's crazy to think at how the national league is always such a close race and there's always a lot of good teams in the American League, but each division is so scattered. You know what I mean? Unlike the AL East last year where Toronto won 91 games and came up one game short at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, like you forgot. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm like saying like, oh, yeah, like that's that's the thing that almost gets overlooked every single year is that – in the American League East especially, that's one of the toughest divisions in baseball. That is the toughest division. Okay, I will throw yeah. in the NL West because yeah, well, Giants, West. Dodgers, you know, that sort of well, thing. Okay. But, but I was going to say, when it comes to the NL West, there's only two teams there. As of, like, despite the last couple of years, there's been two teams, and that's been the Dodgers and the Giants, and it flip-flopped every single year until about four years ago. When it comes to the Central, it's usually a closer race than the National League. And then throwing it to the American League, hell, it's almost anybody's game the last uh, coming through the wild card. And unless you're the Yankees or the Red Sox or now apparently even the Astros, 
you don't got to worry about it. Or, like, you have to fight for survival because the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros need to just sit there and say, all right, who are we playing? Give us a team. So I'm looking at this league standing in the American right. League. Toronto Blue Jays are third. Yankees 51 and 18, Astros 43 and 25, Blue Jays 39 and 30, then Cleveland, Boston, Minnesota, Tampa, Min- or yeah, they said Minnesota, Boston, Minnesota, Tampa, Chicago, and Texas. There are seven teams above 500 in the American League. So now I'm curious. There are eight teams in the NL that are above 500. Mm-hmm. with the Mets being the best team at 45, so they'd be the second best. So there's not a huge gap there. But So Mets, Dodgers, Padres, Braves, Cardinals, Giants. You're going to notice something there. Dodgers, Padres, and Giants, Giants are all in the top six. Yep. And five of the six have won more than 40 games. There's a lot of good teams in the uh NL side of things too, but how about the old Blue Jays sitting a uh, third game and a half up, twelve games out of their division? Yeah. I, I still can't get that. Well, because we even talked about it before the show. You're twelve and a half games up, and you mentioned it. You're a lot of your lineup is sitting there ready to get votes for the All Star break. Well, that jumps into another thing. There's a bunch of Yankee accounts that are absolutely pissed. About the all-star voting. I'm here for it. I I'm, I'm, so this is on Twitter. And, you know, Twitter's what it is. <laughs> why, why we love it and why we hate it. Oh, yeah. So you look at where the Blue Jays are at right now. Guerrero at first base is leading the votes. That shocks absolutely nobody. Or it shouldn't. If it does, I don't know what to tell you. It shouldn't. So you go to second base. Santiago Espinal is second behind Jose Altuve. A little bit surprising. You know, Brent, Brandon Lau is out there. He's good. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Where are you getting all these stats from? This is MLB.com All-Star Ballot. I'm looking at All-Star Ballot standings as of June 21st, so as of yesterday. I don't know when this one is, but this is from the MLB site itself, so I'm just going with this. This is also from MLB. Well, I have it. As of right now, first base, Paul Goldschmidt's getting one. Hold on. Let me see if I can find No, I do not see Vlad on here at all. All right. Well, you're on the NL side, too, <laughs> there, buddy boy. Oh, yes, I am. The Blue Never Jays mind. are Sorry. an AL team. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on, let me scroll Yeah, down. the thing I'm seeing go. also says <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso are 1-2 on the NL. So we were getting there. We were getting there. I just but yeah, okay, so down. Guerrero Good at God. first in the AL. Now I'm there. Now I'm caught up, by the way. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, buddy. <laughs> Vladdy Guerrero at first in the AL surprises nobody. Santiago yeah. Espinal at second. Okay, you know, there's some intrigue there. And then you you get to, uh, what is that, second, third. Third base, there's no one for Toronto. Matt Chapman. Bo Bichette at short leads. Matt Chapman is also at third base. He's third. Well, yeah, well, he's not in the top two. No, and Devers will win that. Devers is just, and uh, Devers between Jose, him and Jose Ramirez, that's a tough, tough ballot. 
So you look but. at Bichette at third. That's another one. Again, I'm biased, so you know there might be yeah. someone listening to this goes, "This is the dumbest guy on the planet." Whatever. I don't really care. I'm a Blue Jays fan, so there you go. Of course, I want the whole uh, All Star team to be to be Blue Jays. Wow, mm-hmm. brain didn't want to work there. But uh, Bichette at third leads. Tim Anderson's behind him. Tim Anderson is a whole can of worms that we're not going to get into today because in order to get into that whole thing, we got to be hella prepared to talk about that because there's a lot going on with Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson. There's a whole thing there that we're just going to skip over for now and probably we'll skip over going forward, but we'll say for now. The interesting one for me, Alejandro Kirk is leading the catchers on the AL side. I think it's awesome. But you look well, at who's in this as well. Salvador Perez, you know, yep. uh, Mike Martin Maldonado. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys that you're like, okay. but So basically the premise of this Yankees person on Twitter bitching and complaining about this was, oh, it's because they have a whole country backing them. This has been the same thing. For a long time. You know, oh, Toronto yeah. got good, say, 2015. Because they had the 2015 team that made the ALCS. Yeah. 2016, they made the ALCS. Playoffs a couple other times. This is nothing new, but it was firing up the Yankees fans. And it's fun to talk about the All-Star uh, game as well. But uh, you get to the outfield. Aaron, um, yeah, Aaron Judge will be one. Uh, Trout's out there. George Springer's an interesting one. He's been hammering the ball from the leadoff spot. Yeah. Lot yeah, John Carlos. A lot of Springer well. dingers to talk about. I'm surprised Byron Buxton is not farther up with the month of May that he had. Like, Byron Buxton in the month of May was just absolutely lighting it up. But, like, looking at this as well, um, you got George Springer, Blue Jay, uh, Guriel Jr., Blue Jay. Teoscar Hernandez, Blue Jay. So there are three Blue Jays within the top ten. You got Kyle Tucker from the Astros, Michael Brantley from the Strohs. Um, Cole Calhoun from Texas. There you go. And then, so, now we're going to the NL that you were so hyper excited about earlier. (laughs) Somebody somebody, somebody didn't know that scrolling works. Wilson Contreras leading the catcher spot. Thank God the Cubs are at least on the board. So you talked about it on the first base. Paul Goldschmidt might be one of the easiest picks. I mean, Goldschmidt He's lighting it lights up. it up. Pete Alonso's another one. He'll he's solid money there. You talked about the uh well, we'll get to catchers, but Chisholm uh Chisholm. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I don't follow Marlins baseball, so Jazz Chisholm Junior. I was gonna say, as far as I know it's it's like Chisholm. Or right. Chisholm. Well, there you go. Something like I that. got I got However, schooled on the podcast. Yeah. Well, no. I <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know because I've heard so many. Like you, I've heard so many different pronunciations. All I know is he's an absolute stud. That and is, it's the Marlins. So he's probably well, the player to talk about well, on the Marlins. He was the guy that had the ice cream glove that the MLB said, "Nope, you can't have this." Manny Machado yeah. at third. That'll. Continue to be annoying. I hope Nolan Arenado takes it over for the top spot. Uh, Former Blue Jay Brandon Drury's on this list, interestingly enough. 
Uh, there you go. Let's see. Shortstops, we've got – who do we have? Trey Turner, Trey Turner. and Dansby Swanson. Oh, that's about right. Hell, yeah. I was gonna uh, say that's a good that's a good list though because you got Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Francisco Lindor, Tommy Edmond, Fernando Tatis Jr., and then you got Gregorius from the Phillies. But I mean, shit, that's a good first top five right there. I would take that in a heartbeat because that's a that's a full infield. Like literally, if the National League yeah. could build like a perfect infield at the moment, you put Turner at short, Swanson can still play second, and then Edmond and Lindor put whoever you probably want at third and there you go and tatis i mean you have literally the perfect infield it's a matter of who's hitting better we talked about catchers already a cub that is uh significant tip of the cap to wilson Contreras for that uh little um uh, detail there and we'll go to outfield ronald acuna jr and mookie Betts lead the way and uh yeah. I like how some of these on the website randomly pop up as sixth for Adam Duvall of the Braves, fourth Starling Marte of the Mets, third Jock Peterson on San Francisco, and fifth Juan Soto off of Washington. There you go. I, there I saw. You go. I saw on Twitter. I think it was two days ago where the Mets like um, manager literally said there needs to be a now because of how big it's getting. There needs to be a category for your two-way guys. I think that's Buck Showalter you're talking about, and I completely yeah. agree with him. I think that's something that should be added, yeah. I also did not know there was this rule because I think it was the Mets. Or no, 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 it was the Dodgers. Um, Yeah, it was the Dodgers a couple weeks ago. We talked about it on, the, on my other podcast. It was – they tried to bring in a guy in like the eighth inning or the ninth inning. Oh, yeah. They were only down five. I had no <laughs> idea that as of 2020, there is a rule that you cannot bring in position players to pitch unless you are down by 10. To which I say, who cares? Who I get cares? it. Save your pitching, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like come postseason, maybe that gets more contentious. But for the regular season, who cares? Who cares? It's not like you're. I mean, you're watching away. guys like... go up there and throw 35 mile an hour off speed pitches that are getting launched over the <laughs> over the fence. Yeah. Granted, I mean it's probably more amusing if you're on the right side of that game, but there is something amusing about that. Well, and and what's like the bad fact of it is too, is you actually have your two way guys now. Uh, Shohei Otani's in there. He's the biggest example, so we'll use him. He's an outfielder, right? He can play outfield the whole game. If you want to use him to pitch, and he's been warming up in the bullpen, if you are not down 10, and I didn't read as much into the rule as I probably should while I'm trying to actually bring this up, if you're not down 10, can you not bring Shohei Otani in as a relief pitcher? Well, that depends. Does he come straight from the outfield, or does he go you – basically substitute him out in between innings, bring in an outfielder, and then toss him out to the pen. I was going to say, no. Because so I'm the talking thing like... about him is, though, man, he's a starter, too. Well, and that, that's what I'm he's saying, He's an though, actual is... pitcher. So it, okay, I so... don't think it's necessarily a position player. 
and and I didn't clarify about this, which was my bad. But like, so you have the actual like pitcher spot on your on your card, like on your on your actual like player profile. You have that you are a an infielder and pitcher utility. Like your utility counts as granted, you can play everywhere else in the field, but you do count as a pitcher. So at that point, does the down by or does the up by ten or down by ten rule apply to you? If you can come in from, like, say that, and this only happens, I've seen it in college, and I've seen it in high school, like, it's like, hey, we just got three outs, like, we want you to close, go run down, warm up real fast, and then you get your at-bat, whatever. Does that actually apply for guys now that are in that utility position of, hey, let's make a utility category of you can either have a pitcher or you can have a guy that plays literally anywhere. But if he pitches... is a great question. I would love to. I would love to sit down and actually have that discussion with like a, an actual like MLB like rule person, or just like with anybody. Well, because it... the part of that is, and this is not necessarily in the same line as what you're talking about, but and this made me think of it. MLB umps have been getting roasted. It has yeah. been. A ro- I mean, here's the thing. I watched highlights again. This is Blue Jays. I'm a Blue Jays fan. Keep that in mind. We. Wait, hold on. Did anybody understand that? He's a Blue Jays fan. <laughs> so I think this, my neighbor didn't hear you. <laughs> this play against San, uh, it's Santiago Espinal batting against the Yankees, there are four, five pitches during his at-bats in the game that are well outside that are called strikes. And every mm. day you see something on Twitter about one that's right down the middle that's called a ball. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, part of me thinks everything's just so over scrutinized now, and umps have a tough job. And you know, at the lower levels, umps are at a shortage because parents get after them. Not uh, oh. quite frankly, unnecessarily. I've got an anecdote after you finish this sentence about that. Keep going. But it just MLB umps have been rough this year. It seems. Oh. I mean, it's and we're gonna name we're gonna name the Voldemort. We shouldn't. It's like Beetlejuice. If I get haunted, you know why. Angel Hernandez is the worst. We all know this, but at the same time, there is that effect of as soon as a bad call gets made, it's like okay, there there are there are what are called pitchers' pitches to where they are just a centimeter or just like a ball outside the zone that are great pitches, well executed. They're at the top of the letters, whatever, and then. All of a sudden, that one pitch gets expanded, and then that pitch gets expanded. I think one of the worst calls that I've ever seen was when Joe Madden was coaching with, uh, was manager for the Rays with Ben Zobris against the Phillies, and a ball was called, or like a strike was called when the ball was in the dirt as a breaking ball, never even crossed the plane of the plate. It was a, it was a 58 footer. And it was called strike three. That was the, I think, the worst call. But I mean, now we're starting to get to that level of strikes are starting to become anywhere the ball is put. Hella subjective, even more oh, than they were yeah. before. It's so bad. Well, in my anecdote now, we'll toss it back to the younger level. There was a TikTok that was this one umpire getting filmed by somebody in the stands screaming at the parents. And I mean, these kids are like, 11 to 13 year old kids like the they're, younger they're still... the kids the worse oh, it the seems worse to be the parents yeah. yeah 
but he was sitting there and the video was like, are you, are you going to keep talking? Because I will forfeit this game. If you guys do not stop the opposing coach, one of the opposing coaches was screaming at him the entire time. The parents of one of the other teams was literally screaming at him the entire time, no matter if it was a ball strike out what, and he goes, if you don't, if you don't stop, I'll forfeit this. Four parents just started going off on him, and he said, "Fine, I'm going to forfeit it for the other team." And he goes, "Some some dad from the crowd goes, dude, how do you feel? You just forfeited the game for some for all these kids." He goes, "I feel fine. I don't know how you feel because you literally made this hell for your kids and just walked off." You know, I I, I was so happy to see this guy just not put up with that crap because he, I mean, as little league. I've umped Little League before. It's really, really hard because the kids can't catch. Balls and strikes are kind of everywhere. It's like you got to pick and choose your battles. And normally, the coaches will understand because they're either the dads or they're the coaches that are like, yeah, we really don't want to be here. Like, let's let's kind of speed this along. Make sure they hit and make sure it's not like an MLB zone to where it's like it's got to be down literally the pipeline. But you can expand it a little bit. And I, I honestly have had no problem with parents. As of as of yet, I don't want to ever ump again just because I've said that. But it's like, <laughs> dude, oh my gosh, umping umping is a very hard job. But at the same time, you're getting paid millions of dollars, and you're a major league umpire. You've done this for God knows how many years on your career, and you're still getting this horribly wrong now. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's frustrating at the lower levels because I mean. Here in the great state of Iowa, and I'm sure this isn't just a, a phenomenon oh here in the state of Iowa, but umpiring shortage, I mean, you're having games called and games moved around because of it. Oh, yeah. You know, I think everybody in the state of Iowa at one point or another has thought about umping, and here's my thing with it. Somebody would have to sit down with me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks this way, but where do you draw the line for throwing parents out of games? Now I realize somebody out there would go, Oh, well, that's a little over the top. If I'm going to sit here and get ragged at, players, fine. Coaches, you know, it's high school, whatever. Parents in the crowd, and I've heard, I've talked to uh, different levels of umps before, uh, you know, before calling games of at the college level and high school level. I've heard stories of umps that will carry applications for umping. And a parent will, t- they'll turn around and they'll, They'll give this paper to the parent. They'll give the paper oh, to the dude. parents. Of, Here's an application. You want to do better? Come down here. Get your certification. Bring it. And you know would what they do? It. it shuts them up because nobody. I mean, the other day I was calling a game. It's 115, 100, well, not 115, 105 on the field. And the whole oh, plate yeah. umpire is not having a good time because they wear all black. And they've got protective oh, yeah, gear bad. on behind the plate, and they've got a mask. It's bad. I mean, that's not for everybody. And you mix in parents that, I mean, uh, again, having broadcasted games, uh, there's there's a lot of parents that either don't know the rules or are just so self-involved with their kid that everything their kid do is everything their kid does is gold, and that's. Not the case in a lot of cases. Yep. And I will say, you know, there's times that you look at the play and you're like, all right, that call was probably botched. But I don't think there's ever been any (laughs) – 
outside of a hidden ball trick I saw this year that it was like, all right, that oh, is man. completely the wrong call. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, tirade on umps. I mean, upper levels, I get the frustration. I really do. These guys are getting – these guys are making bank. Yeah. And, and they've been doing and, it for decades in a lot of and cases. Granted, and like you said, yes, I understand the heat factor. Like, I understand you have to wear a lot of gear. you got to be back there. you got to it's, – it's nine innings. It's grueling at some points. Yes, we all get it. Your job is very tough. But at the same time, it's like, dude – a ball that ends up in the dirt and like blatantly, or it's like so far outside. It might be a great pitch. The catcher might frame it up, bring it all the way back across the zone. Dude, it is a ball either way. I saw, so, and I know you were watching the game because we were, we texted a little bit during the Arkansas Ole Miss game. There were some very, very, very good pitchers pitches that were on the corners. They were like, right. They were dots on the outside half. Mm-hmm. And even on the inner half. And the umps wouldn't call it. Like, tonight's ump, I think, in the Ole Miss-Arkansas game was one of the best zones that I've I've seen in a while. And, like, this College World Series has been very, very – it's been consistent up to the point to where they'll give you just an inch or they'll be consistent about giving that inch through the entire game and haven't shut it down yet. And tonight was just – there was a curveball from one of the Ole Miss batters. Um, I think it was Hayden Dunhurst, um, if I remember right in the last inning, it was a curveball. about hit him in the, the elbow, but it broke an extra couple of inches just to get on that inside corner. Umpire called it a ball. Next curveball was just like a ball and a half further, closer to the zone. And it was a strike and called it a strike. And I was like, that's the perfect example. You get one ball. That's really close. It's right there. You want it called, but it's definitely a ball. The next one, it was a strike. You put it in the same exact spot. It broke where it needed to be. And a lot so. of that is consistency. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can have a wonky strike zone, but if it's consistent, you know, people are going to be upset for the first inning, two innings. But if these are good, the, these players are coached well, you work with what They'll you're They'll make given. adjustments. You'll know what. Like, They'll make adjustments. Yeah. And you'll start, okay, here's where he's going to call a strike. Here's where he's not going to call a strike. Let's try to hit that spot, and you go from there. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there we go. MLB, all-star teams. <laughs> Blue Jays are going to be uh, hopefully well-represented. Blue Jays hopefully are going to cut into a gap of a bazillion games. Hopefully they, uh, you know, a good goal, I think, as I pull back up. So before the all-star break here, we got uh, – I got to go back. So Brewers, Red Sox, five with the Rays, three with the, the Athletics, and then three with the Mariners, two with the Phillies, and four with the Royals. Four with the Royals, Blue Jays should win three of the four. Oh, I guess four with the Mariners. I mean, if you could cut this lead, that's 12 games to about 6-7. Yeah. You'd feel pretty darn good with that. I especially, Cubs, I mean, if you can take three of the five against Tampa or at least well, two against Tampa. I'll tell you right now, it's not looking promising for the good old Cubby Bears. Well, your, your team has got a uh, 
Wow, geez, 13 games. How are you 26 and 43 and you have the same gap Toronto's got to the Yankees? The Cardinals uh, are exactly one game better than the <laughs> The Cardinals are literally one game better than the Blue Jays are. Welcome to the National League. Speaking of that, the Cubs have one more game against the Pirates. That's in Pittsburgh. That's on Thursday. And then we got a three-game series against the Cardinals to fill out the weekend. In St. Louis, good lord, that is LLL. And then you got a piping hot L prepared just for you. Yeah, the I 29 L. And then um, we got the Reds coming up next week with the three game series. That should hopefully be at least two. I'm going to give the Reds the benefit of the doubt on I don't one. know, dude. I think the Reds are going to win the series. Oh, God, I don't know. If that happens, they're only the two and a half blast. games. They're only two and a half games worse than you are. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping. I'm praying for the love of God. Then we have to go to Boston. Or, no, Boston comes to us. Oh, no, that's going to be devastating. And then Milwaukee on July devastating. 4th. Uh, well, it's a good thing July 4th is Independence Day, and there is a. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an accepted holiday to where you can celebrate and have a couple of beverages. <laughs> there might be a couple of beverages had on July 4th. Only two. There's only two yeah. beverages being had. <laughs> hey, there, there, hey, there are only two. And I'm sorry if there are kids listening, but there are only two. It's your first and your last one to end the night out. When <laughs> so, you start and when you finish, there's two. I'm Everything looking at the red be- schedule <laughs> to interject into the drinking drinking portion of the show here the reds have a stretch from july 1st to july 10th at home including three with the braves three with the mets two with the pirates and three with the rays they might they might start getting up there i mean if they find a way to start getting hot and i mean granted here let's let's take a look at the red schedule as well but they got the cubs for three you take two there they got the yeah. Dodgers tomorrow, they'll lose. Giants, they might take one if they're lucky. Cubs, they could win two. But I don't know. Let's see how they did earlier against the Cubs. I mean, you could almost, well, they split with the 20-5 well, to five over the Cubs. Oh, my God. No, the Cubs beat the Cubs beat them 20-5. to five. Uh, No, they didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nope. You're, you're no, wrong. they. No, you're they right. Didn't. You're right. Gosh, I'm looking. I'm looking at something. I'm trying to justify oh, this. No, you're. Man. You're definitely right. Never Eleven mind. to Sorry. four and seven to four. You won, but twenty to yeah. five. Man, now I gotta look at the Cubs because I know they got a bunch of double digit, just lopsided. Oh, it's bad, dude. Bad, I, bad games. Well, my dad texted me too. He's like, dude, what is going on? And I was like, I don't even want to talk about it because we lost our entire lineup. And I talked with the guy. Um, at the Hank Williams Jr. Uh, concert last weekend, and he was a he was a Cubs fan, and he goes, "Dude, we never should have traded anybody, or like we never should have gave anybody away." I said, "We weren't gonna pay them like it was anyways, and we have a good salary cap. We could have at least paid them for one more year to be decent, and we didn't pay." And then now you're looking at the Reds are on a six game losing streak, but granted, like you said, there's a way that they could probably spruce it up here. The Cubs got one one win steal here. They got the Pirates for one more before going to St. Louis. So I mean, oh my goodness. So the one hundred the one hundred and ten year curse is now coming. So looking at some of these games, ten to six loss to the Diamondbacks. Twenty to five beat down by Cincinnati. Yep. 
Okay, I guess so far that's May. Let's look at this month. There hasn't been any impression. Oh, here you go. 14 to 5 by the Cardinals. No, keep Eight going. nothing by the Yankees. Nineteen to five and twelve to five in back to back days by the eighteen to four the by the four. Yankees. Yep. Twelve and to one by the Pirates. One by Pittsburgh. Oh, and we, we finally flipped it around. Seven we won 14 to one. To five. So in this month, fourteen to five, twelve to one, twelve to five, nineteen to five, nineteen to five. 18 to 4. Oh my gosh. Boy, what a time to be a Cubs fan. You better hey, look forward to those because this weekend's going to be horrible for you, too, playing the Cardinals. Hey, all I'm happy, I witnessed a World Series. I can live to tell about it. I don't care if they win another one. I will still be a Cubs fan until the day that I die. God rest my soul. But still, I witnessed a World Series. So for that, I am thankful. I got to see the the trophy in person because it came to my high school three weeks after they won it. So, boom. Rah, rah, go team. Toronto go hasn't team, got baby. there yet, but hey, I'm, there you I'm go. confident. So there oh, we go. Boy. MLB is done, Ski, and uh, there you go. That's I would like our... to point out at this point as well, because I took a look at it and I like had to take a second glance. We are now two hours into this phone call. An hour 36 for the podcast, if you're curious. I was going to say, I was wondering how much of that was actual podcast time. Yeah, we're at 137 as we speak. All right. So well, you, you you like long podcasts. This is, this is your show. It's the say, rabbit hole. It's the long. rabbit holes that make this show what it is. Well, and they're, they're justifiable Bug juice. rabbit holes. Nostalgia. Everybody's got time. <laughs> umpires. For umpires. Football, college, and NFL. Otherwise, we haven't even touched the NFL. Granted, we probably shouldn't at this point. Not, not at this point. Not at this point. No. But we we're gonna we gotta get something uh, some kind of season wide ranking going of who who is the power pick because i lost track last year i know the hex bugs stunk and i know i think you and i were towards the top rc was around he was i don't even remember where he was on picking on picking divisions and where that was going (laughs) and this brings us to our amazing final segment Oh gosh! Cracking open go. a cold one with the boys. The <laughs> As I just cracked open another one. <laughs> domestic beer power rankings. This is oh, according gosh. to the L.A. Times. Found this while we we're talking about uh, what we we're going to talk about. It ranks it from more chuggable, less chuggable, better taste, worse taste. This is from 2019. Bear in mind. So. Was it okay? Hold on. Was this ranked right? Domestic this is this. Ranked? There's a nice chart on the LA Times site that okay. I'm going oh, found to it, found it. snag got a it. picture of for the uh, social media. Granted, we're like three years out of this, but so in the better taste, oh, you're on, on the side of Miller High Life. I tend to agree with that. That, that is pretty good. Then Bud Light, Rolling Rock. Bud Light Limes in there, Budweiser, Coors Banquet, Michelob Ultra, Pabst Blue Ribbon, Bush, 
Bud Light Platinum and Coors Light, which I think Coors Light is on the wrong side of the better taste, worst taste. I think you can put Coors Light well into the worst taste side, but so that's the, and the other part is we're about to get to it is on the on the back half of the worst taste, Bush Light should be higher on the better taste. Coors Light should be on the worst side. Oh yeah. Uh Miller Genuine Draft is on the uh less chuggable and worst taste side. Uh most chuggable, however, Bush Light. Michelob yeah. Ultra, Coors Light, Natty Light is in there as well. I was gonna uh, say, I know I've chugged a few Bush Lights in my day. <laughs> there might be some. Well, being the Midwesterner that you are, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, other no. beers that are on the more chuggable scale, but apparently taste bad. Keystone Light and Ham. Oh no, Keystone Light. I I, I will say this, <laughs> and just before you say this, I have had both. I'm not proud to say this. I've had both a Keystone Light and I have had a Hams. The first Hams I ever had was two weeks ago. He loved they, every second of it. It was the greatest oh beer gosh. he's ever had. It was a bachelor party. And we were going around breweries in Kansas City the entire day. We sat down at this barbecue joint. And all of a sudden, like, we're ordering beers. We're ordering everything. And one of the best men goes, hey, there's a – like, tells the waitress, like, get around a Hams for everybody on me. We she sat this down in front of us and we asked what it was. She immediately said, "Do you want me to actually like tell you guys what it is?" Dalton is la- the best man. Dalton is laughing his ass off, and we're sitting there. We're like, I immediately go, "Please don't tell me this is hams." And she goes, "Do you not want me to actually tell you?" And I was like, "Son of a!" And <laughs> all of a sudden, we looked at him and just were furious. We go, "Has anybody op- like has anybody ordered this?" within the last like month or like within the last 10 days she goes no does anybody order this at all she goes no (laughs) we literally tapped a keg of hams for the table that's hilarious i would take keystone light over hams any day still well it is i hate keystone light but it's cheap it is better tasting according to this scale so in the uh, bottom corner of less chuggable and taste awful Miller Genuine Draft, Sam Adams, Steel Reserve, Miller Lite. Miller Lite, I think, should be on the other side of that line, too. But Yeah. Uh, I was nat- going to say, there's Bud Ice. Bud there's Ice. There's nat- Natural Ice. There's Bud Light Orange. <laughs> Bud Light Orange. God, that, that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. What is this? Steel Reserve. What is Sam Adams is on worst taste. Wow. Like, just regular Sam Adams. I mean, looking at it, like I said, Miller High Life's in the right spot. Bud Light's okay. Yeah. What what shocks me is that uh, Budweiser, to me, is not on worst taste. Because Budweiser, I've always known it as to be the quote-unquote straight diesel. Straight diesel. But it's, on, it's on the straight, better taste. Give me that straight diesel, brother. It's next to Bud Light Lime. Like, bro, come on. Bud Light Lime is also not very good. <laughs> no. Coors Banquet is close to that better tasting, worse tasting. I've heard that one is not good. So, also, shout out LA... to food columnist Lucas Kwan Peterson for this. And his this... first sentence reads, true story. The first time I got drunk was a, <laughs> was freshman year of college. 
Oh no! While inebriated, while inebriated, I can't say it. While inebriated, probably not <laughs> saying that right. But I sent an email to the entire school that included, among other things, the lyrics to the Super Bowl Shuffle, as well as a <laughs> false claim that I defeated the computer bluegrass or bluegrass deep blue in a chess game. The moral: oh always drink responsibly. There you go. Yes, because social media. And apps like Tinder and Bumble totally, totally uh, work out even better when you're drinking. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, it, it, it tends to happen. Oh, man. Yep. So there you go. The booze comparisons, according to the old L.A. Times from 2019, pulling up an oldie but a goodie. Speaking of speaking of which, how is your you're drinking Bud Light Seltzer, aren't you? You're drinking a blue raspberry, aren't you? Blue. Let's see here. It's a blue raspberry Bud Light Seltzer sour. It is delicious. Well, I've got the good old trusty line and Kugel, summer shandy, because you know what? It's summer. We can have these now. There you go. My favorite. One of my favorite stories. Speaking of summertime, I was at a Cleveland Guardians, formerly Indians, which with their logo was at the time oh. uh, baseball game last year. And I was partaking in a good old fashioned white claw, black cherry. Okay. And I kid you not the amount of looks I got from alpha males that were drinking. I don't know what kind of beer, but it was beer, beer oh, boy. was amazing. I, it, I, maybe it's just me, but. I don't really give a good shit what you're drinking. I mean, you do you. I mean, I've been to a heavy metal festival for three days and watched 55-year-old dudes that look like they ride motorcycles and are your biker dudes that were drinking seltzers. To me, a seltzer is a nice, refreshing, you know... It's it's a mix-up. 90 degrees outside. I don't want heavy-ass beer all day. Let me drink this seltzer. But yeah, it was well, uh it was funny. I well, didn't get any fights. We... Never really got close to any fights, but there there were a couple guys who were giving me a not so nice look. Like, granted, as a seltzer, yes, it's like, okay, you're you're drinking a vodka soda, like there there is a judgment factor on that, but at the same time, oh, no. Oh boy, I there sure agree. is. But it's like I completely agree. It's like I had to go to seltzers like when we wanted to start this podcast back up like a month, a month and a half ago. And I knew that we cracked open cans. And so I was like, well, shit, I'll just get a, I'll look for like a kind of mix up because I was like tired of beer. I like the weekend before I just drank a lot and whatever. And I found this like Sonic seltzer pack and it was, there's a blue and a red one. And the blue one is outstanding, and the red one is pretty good too. But I mean, like, shit. If I need a mix-up, I will go to that specific seltzer, or I'll go to like those cut water, like tequila seltzer, or like tequila sodas, or whatever, and just like the canned margaritas or the new Crown ones that came out. Oh my gosh, love those! It's it's just a mix-up. It's like I'm not gonna drink it 24/7, but it's just it's a good mix-up of flavor instead of going from like whiskey or going to beer and everything like that all the damn time. So, yeah, that's my little uh, story about there we go. drinking uh, White Claw in public as a male. I guess that's frowned upon <laughs> by some. Again, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't it's really know what the you, problem man. was, but, you know, it's 
Do you? It is what it is. So with that, we've now closing in on two hours. Closing in on two hours. We're 13 minutes away. I don't think we're going to get to two hours, but. No, sir. (laughs) No, sir. Nick's like, get me out of here ASAP. (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting in my recliner because I thought doing that over a desk chair was better and. Not going to lie, my thighs have been sticking to that, <laughs> like, just, I have to stand up, like, at the moment I am currently, like, pacing oh, around because I am man. burning. It sounds like your apartment is literal hell. It is hell. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, do you have anything you want to promote? Talk about your super sweet, we talked about it a little bit when we were talking college baseball, but you got a super sweet podcast that's up and going that... Is all college baseball all the time. Yes, sir. So you can find us on YouTube. We do a full video uh, pretty much every week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, as college baseball winds down, we're going to be possibly posting every other week. Uh, no Place Like Omaha is the uh, podcast name on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple Music, thanks to Cranio Media, mm-hmm. who are the guys helping us out. My two buddies know them. So, yeah, if you find us at uh, No Place Like Omaha on Spotify, Apple Music, and then you place that on YouTube, you will find us. And we got all your college baseball. Need to know about recruiting. Uh, draft is coming up in a couple weeks. So, yeah, we're excited. And unofficially, I got to talk to some people to make sure we're going to try to make a go of this. But as some of you might be aware that listen to this, there was a little thing called Covert Vintage Gaming YouTube that oh boy. went for a little bit. Talk to Nick a little bit about it before the show, but we may or may not be starting a, I don't know what we're going to call it, but it's basically going to be a YouTube where we uh, do video game stuff. Not sure whether it's officially official, but we're going to certainly be talking about it. First, got to get the podcast going here, but you know, once we get going, that'll that'll just be a weekly thing, so we'll be good. And uh, something to keep an eye out for there is, I think I've shared a couple clips of some interesting video game things on the TikTok. I do not remember for sure, but be sure to check us out. The Covert Show at TikTok. On TikTok, I guess, not at TikTok. On TikTok, <laughs> on uh, Twitter as well. You can email us, thecovertshow at gmail.com. For Nick, I'm JC. Episode 25, it's been three months. We'll see you next week, and we will be uh, hopefully bringing RC on coming up to talk about the uh, – incarceration festival in ohio but for right now that'll do it here for episode 25